Oh, it's that time. I'm going to go to bed now. But before I do that, like, I, I just realized that I may need to expand a little on the idea of a good death. Because <laughs> I just realized I just threw this morbidity into the situation that I have meshed life and death um, in a way that's explicit and very, very much direct. Um, yes, is there a good death? There is a good death, always. Um, I'm going to be a bit preachy and be like, <laughs> the death of a mustard seed is the life of a tree, you know? In the craziest of senses, but also in the most natural of ways. Like, uh, there's all kinds of dying. You die to self and start to live in others. And this is what we sort of see throughout our, our whole lives. We see people come into our lives and they leave something with us, a memory. Some leave a song, some leave a book. They leave a, a, a piece of information. And I've always thought about death explicitly, that at some point I got to this place where I was the one dying to the reality of these people. So when my sister died, especially because I was here in Australia, it was a hard time to sort of deal with being away, so far away, and someone so important to the picture of my life just passing away in my absence. It was very confronting in a way um, that when I took my mind through the charade of it's okay, <laughs> when I went in there, I had to sort of un uncover what was okay about it. And I came to a conclusion that when I boarded the plane to Australia, in a way I died. I wouldn't have known this dream that I've woken up in but where was I before this? And if I do go back to that lane at some point in my life, I will not be the same to anyone that may have encountered me at some point. So these multiverses of reality are happening all at the same time. The past, the present and the future is all happening at the same time that we are walking through doors and missing out on some doors we are literally experiencing this haphazard orchestration but it's harmonious in its way it takes control and time and patience to actually sit down and listen to what the winds are saying because they sound so haphazard but there is a gentle melody within the, the turning, it's, it's like a turning of a wheel. It's cranking hard. But in that chaos, there's a, an orchestration that is making everything move gracefully. You know, taking us to our destinations and from where we started 
and this is happening everywhere and every day, you know, the, the, the person you meet at the shop is the person that knows that person. It's that connectivity that we are as humans, that everyone is important to that picture. That's why we cry a lot when people die, because we have lost something. But in my view, it was me that lost, that became lost. When, I, when my mom died, I probably died to the reality where she's living, you know. But it, because I crossed that bridge with that grief, there's no telling where she is or how I lost my way to her. So always trying to sort of find a brighter perspective to a reality that befalls us all the reality of death and for me accepting that I could have died so many times that I've already died and every time I find myself waking up to a new day to a new reality but I've got information on what I was doing before I got to this place where I am now you know but I can see the death of me and the places that I used to go to, the places that I used to love, the the people that I used, the um, all the information, the intricacies of my life, the ugly places I leave, you know, <laughs> Robert DeLong. Uh, it's 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 a sense of truth. Yes, it is because how do I know? You know, it's like a dream that I've been in before where it felt so real that if I never woke up from that dream I would have never known the difference but this time when it's happening in life we tend to feel like we have the right to waking up like we feel like this is so we make plans in the in the moment in the reality that we're in and sometimes those plans change when a type of death happens. It could be the death of a, of a past habit. It could be the, the death of a career, the death of so many things, you know. But the reality is that in that death, there is a propelling that's happening. It's cranking and it's hard and it's gruesome. But there is a motion that's actually happening where we are moving from where we were to where we're going. And this destination place is is a bit intricate. It's exciting, you know. Um, there is a lot of feeling that uh, people want to save their lives a lot. And we live our lives, you know, going to doctors and trying to find out how we can hang on. Uh, they are stressing the most and they are sick the most because they are spending a lot of time investing in this life that they could just let flow but only if they knew that death is not a is 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 never an end of anything because if we only we could see ourselves dying the times when we died it's amazing what we could achieve we start to see ourselves being this form that is not going anywhere you know and when i Heard about Soldier Love dying. Uh, this guy, great artist. I said, 
Christians want to talk about Jesus and how he came and but I bet you if Jesus came <laughs> at that time or if he came now in Sydney and you saw him and you'd probably like you're probably like this dude is crazy you would probably like sit in more and watch him and be like what the fuck is he on and then you walk about your way you know and then you might see him on the news so someone say oh you know that guy's been like uh murdered is he's, he's been executed by the system because of this that that you would be sitting there going yeah these prophets these days and blah 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 you know the shit that we carry on about you know it's not easy to identify anything when it's happening. It's not easy to understand a moment when you are experiencing it. The only time you are starting to really know what you are going through is in hindsight. So sometimes you wake up the next day. Sometimes it happens in a matter of weeks to be like, oh my God. That's why that happened at that time. But in that moment, it's, 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 it's this feeling that this burning sensation of something is happening right here, right now. I, I just don't understand what it is, you know. And I feel like death is like that every time it befalls us. And every time we have obsessed over it, we have probably died in so many ways. And to understand that we as humans do not need to overly police one another in the face of pandemics um, to overly uh, become political and feel like an, it's an achievement to save lives. It is not our responsibility to save lives nor to help anyone. It is what do we owe each other? We owe each other the right to walk freely and make decisions freely and harness our purpose at, at, a, at an individual level because that's where it matters the most. You can never be part of a bigger self within yourself. There is a death that's happening consistently, constantly, and you can't seem to shake it off. And But a good death is the kind of death where I'm starting to realize that, oh, this level of me has to die now. I have to usher in a new level. That allows us to re to relinquish, relinquish, relinquish power. Is that the word relinquish? Yeah. It allows us to hold on to things and then be like, I love this so much, but I am going to let it free so that I can usher in the new, you know, and if that became a societal view, then it holds a certain position of power because then it allows you to see yourself being a part of everything. You can see yourself needing to help your past because where you are living, when you're living this level, it's going to affect how the future happens. So everything that you do on that level must be and must always be to the best of your ability that so that when you walk into the next level, you have prepared a way for your other self in that reality. And yeah, it's, it's a bit uh, complex, my brain, the way it perceives life. But when I was 
thinking of my life, I was considering the power that I have in deciding whether or not I am here. My phone's going off, you know, and that's important to be present to your own reality and then be able to say, why did this happen at this point in time? And so you can do it. Literally, you can sit down and watch your life from when you were a kid and then see the cycles of when maybe for me at nine, I lost my mom. That was a big change in my life. But there's something that happened at four or five where I met a girl that I liked very much. Those are imprinted memories. And that part of myself is still in that moment. And the, and But this version of myself, the one that's talking to you right now, he has the power to change things that are in the past. He has that power you have the power to affect your whole entire being from your past to your present to your future the things that happened in a way that wasn't okay in the past you can go to that past and you can heal that past you don't do it actively it happens by you conforming to a certain code of honor that that code of honor is designed by you and yourself so it's a type of peace that takes away all the anxieties and all the things that limit us when you get to that place every other version of yourself begins to heal but for as long as the version of the current version of yourself at any point is in turmoil it means it's drawing all the energy from all your other existences so the past never heals, you know, and the problems that you brought to the future are ever present and they're affecting, they're, they're threatening to affect your future. So I don't want to take too much of your time on this one, but there is a good death. And I have considered it with much anticipation you know, because I'm learning as well. When I speak, I am literally channeling something from the world that's activating me to every day. It's leaving signs and things, and I have to be poignant enough to get inside my head and make match of my life and say, these trees that I'm exposed to, this person that comes into my life, there is a way to understand your purpose and your death as one your life and your death and then consider the absence of you and as soon as i thought that as soon as i considered the absence of me the nothingness of me to not be a part of anything it made me cherish everything that's around me and that's everyone that's around me anyone that's willing to spend a bit of time with me whilst I'm in, in this existence, even if we don't get along that well, the fact that you have taken your time to consider my way, and I mean this reality, consciousness, this consciousness with you, it makes you important to my process of life. And so I feel like if I know something, I must educate myself, I must educate you, 
because you are myself when i put information out there i am putting information that is going to reach my past it's going to reach my future and it's going to affect my now and i am happy that i am at a point in my life where death is not a morbid thought it's it prepares me it, it helps me to go to the gym and just crank it because i know that hey in this reality before it goes away i would like to be part of the change of when i metamorphosized into a, into the next level i want to be clear i want to be and i want to see the best version of myself because this person must die in order to make way for the new so a good death is where we are uh, it is uh, it begins with life and because there's always a beginning endings are almost cyclic they, they're like a circle they like you don't know where they start so it's a beautiful thought to know that I can just live life you know and not be worry of a death that because no death can destroy me no no you we are eternal in every sense we have done this so many times you know and yeah we must just remember and it's powerful to remember because then we do not become subjects of another we save ourselves we save our past and we save our future when we remember who we are and yeah so i thought it was it's something that needed to be clarified uh there is a lot of sense that always gravitates towards this person is suicidal you can think of the people that went in that way that committed suicide and moved on i said once that it is hard to imagine the courage that it takes to be that person you know and because we all get to that place where it's like what am i doing here not none of this makes sense it doesn't matter anyway i'll just pop up pop out the next side you know and i don't know if they know that when they do it but i feel like to be able to harm yourself in that way there is an enlightened sense that is prevalent it happens when people get sick some people hold on to this version and some people just say you know what i'm done like my cousin yasha and my sister you know she just gave up she's like i'm not taking my medication i'm not doing this i'm not she just gave up like you know it's a it's a slow burn but it's also an understanding of how much pain she's going through and then i see that i see a death in myself because i am not in a way that i used to be where she was a part of my reality you know but how can i make this one a good death so that i am always present to myself as i wake up in these different forms i leave clues for myself and i leave clues for others to be something to be remembered for and this is what this podcast is 20 minutes of something to be remembered for you know but i bring a good message 
and an encouragement that says we are greater than we imagine. We are greater than the gods we have thought about because we are the existence. We are the point of reality, you know. I'll get into that a bit more. My 20 minutes is up. Yeah, keep listening. We'll talk about more intricate things. You can ask me questions if you want. I hope it gets to that where I can host some of you, you know, that like to just get high and talk shit. Like, we can totally do this. <laughs> it's it's healthy. It's much healthier than churches, I think. But we all need that as humans, a place where we ask the most difficult questions and then we sort of come up with an answer that we feel like, ah, you know what, that works. As long as, you know, we justify things and that's us creating and that's a powerful thing and i want to use this podium to you know create and change the guilt and the pain that came with these morbid uh thoughts uh american 21 uh yeah 21 minutes uh american 21 we play that game with my son in basketball that's all right I've done my 21 minutes. Okay, I'm buzzing out. Stay safe. Yeah. Welcome welcome back to part two of uh, A Good Death. Uh, another 20 minutes I hope to inspire you. Um, it brought me back to a place two years ago when I went through a type of psychosis. Um well, yeah, it's always substance-induced. substance, substance induced. But it's interesting where you go, you know, like I've taken acid and I've just literally zoomed out of the room and was in a different place, you know, like it's euphoric in a way. <laughs> you know, one time I took, uh, what's that one there? The... This one, man, uh, DMT, DMT, oh my God. I was sitting on a couch and Jackie was next to me. This is years ago in the Gap in Brisbane. And yeah, I was like, okay, I just got this DMT. Do you want to try it? So we tried it. I was literally sitting on this couch when the place I was sitting in, dis was sitting in disappeared and... It's like walls opened up and then the kitchen disappeared and everything that I was looking at. And for just a split moment, I went into this place where I was a kid. I saw people that were sitting under this tree and I imagined that I knew these people. I was like, I must know these people. I, I could be that kid. I, I don't know why I was there. And I tried to, I, I always try even until now to recall what that moment was like, where did I go and what was said? Because when I was in the moment, I, I, I heard all the conversations that they were having under that tree, these old madalas, this old man just sitting under this tree in an African type of setting ancient and it's crazy like i was in there when i was in there i heard what they said but when i try to remember it from outside when i've literally come come out of the trance and i'm like what was being said 
But I think something happens in that moment where things are imprinted onto your memory. So they're not active memories, but they're almost subconscious memories that affect the way you make decisions and the way you see things. So that always draws people back to substances because they want to experience that getaway where they can see another version of themselves. Um, but two years ago, I had it pretty hard. It was like a type of psychosis, but I, we did the podcast. Um, we became successful doing that. There were things that were already said in that moment, that person that I would become when I go in this. And because when it's substance abused, it's, it's when you smoke a joint, it's going to take you <laughs> to some place where you see things and you hear things and you get to experience a different version of yourself, you know? And if you go with harder drugs, it, it sometimes it's hard to forget that part of yourself because you always want to go there and hang out with that part of yourself. And it's such a weird reality that uh, you can be here and not be here, you know, and people are walking around, but they're living outside of their bodies. And these meat suits are walking around and the meat suit doesn't really know what it's supposed to be doing because our souls are doing God knows what, you know. And in this chapter of a good death, I would like to share an experience that, changed my life and it's not a great one at most but and this is two years ago like I just went on this bender right that didn't end and then I was just I was smashed the whole time like it just didn't end but what what actually happened in that time was that I lost a sense of myself so I needed to hear what people were saying about me. So my ears, I became quiet. I was on buses and I wanted to be a hermit. I disappeared in the concrete jungle that is Sydney into corners that people never go alleyways. And sometimes be in the alleyway and be like, how did I get to this alleyway? What am I doing? And then look at the street addresses and things. And then when I get to where people are, I can hear what their thoughts are of me. And that was the point of psychosis for me because I knew that that's not normal. I, I am not that important <laughs> to the process of life that everyone around me is talking about me. But as soon as that began to happen, I was like, I need to hear what they were saying. So I started eavesdropping on conversations people were having in order for me to know what I was supposed to be doing for the day. I would sit in the park as early as I can when the lady with the dog, she was very pristine and 
well-groomed and she would walk a dog in the morning this lady she could be the prime minister for all we know she was just immaculate and very soft-spoken like i waited for her on this bench for a while because she would say something to me that i needed before i start my day she would let me know what the weather was like outside because when you are in that moment of psychosis it is easy to fall into the trap of negativity so in the trap of negativity you begin to hear things you don't want to hear the things that would break your heart the things that would make you unwell they can literally creep up into psychosis because there is a lot of um, no sleep and a lot of ideas that are coming through and versions of yourself that you've never tried to imagine but they could be real you know so yeah it became a point and point in my life that at some point i decided that i was going to stop worrying about where i was going to be but the way i did that was i let i gave myself into the hands of a very powerful drug and i decided that if it takes my life in this moment then when i wake up i'm going to be a much better person but there's a way that i sort of expected to wake up that even today when i think about it i say to myself that if 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 i'm speaking in layman terms that was very stupid because i can see the scar until today like it the i i took it intravenously and it burned my vein it was i passed out at nine o'clock in this empty house it was a house a big house that i was i was alone in this place you know and no one would find me in there I think if I if if I had died in there, no one would find me for days, and but yeah, it happened, and I passed out, and I sat down. But a part of me kept feeling like when I wake up, it's gonna be freaking awesome, and I began to rejoice at the idea that I never want to feel like this ever again because i was so off it i could hear my thoughts i could see my body just lying there and but but i stopped worrying about it in that moment and i just said pass out and whatever happens happens it was five o'clock five p.m when i got up eventually and remembered that I needed to go report at the police station because I, I had a drug charge, <laughs> you know. Uh, but from that day, I knew that I would never touch that drug ever again. I, the intent was there before I went into the moment, before I went and took this dose that cut me out of reality and to wake up and not wish for something and not 
and never see yourself doing that again it was some somewhat of a death that happened to me that was so precious because i walked out from there and i ended up in canberra feeling great <laughs> you know i just think i was so beat down like days before that and this psychosis was mad but then I, when i got to canberra like the things that people were now saying were so different i began to hear what how i had ended up in this situation you know i began to have a bit more understanding of myself but something happened in that coma in that comatose state that when i woke up from there i was rejuvenated from the bottom to the top and i was ready to live again and yeah the idea of a good death you know when i first left home for another country i went to south africa i had maybe 120 dollars in my pocket that's not a lot of money if you don't know where you're going you just got into a different country and it was a crazy night man like i i had nowhere to sleep in that in the streets of jovig and shit goes down like you can see kids and people just walking by it was chaos mate like but i remember some someone say oh this there's a fight that's just gone on there and a kid got stabbed by this kid and you know it's like chaos is like i'm i was standing right there when this chaos is happening that you feel yourself being the one exposed to this reality it is hurtful in a way that can allow you to see yourself being the person that got stabbed at that time and a lady came and took me from there and she said we are sleeping in the train station we've got warm blankets and everything you want to snuggle it's, yeah she she this big mom i was like hell yes i went and slept next to her she cuddled me man nothing sexual no like really mom type of stuff like she was <laughs> overly warm and educating me on where I was. You've just come to one of the most dangerous places in the world. You have no business being out there with those guys because they are not going anywhere. This has been them for. It was eye-opening, but as I replayed that memory every now and then, I see myself being the one that got stabbed. I have no scars to show for it. But when I woke up, I all I did was look up at the different destinations I could go to. And that afternoon I landed in Durban. I'd never seen a place like that right next to the sea and Liwe came and got me with his BMW and he took me to this bar, to this bar and he was like, "You want to smoke a joint?" and i smoked a joint that confirmed everything i had envisaged uh whilst we were in this pub i it was crazy like i i had a full on 
psychotic moment. It was like the greatest psychosis that turned this whole pub into a funeral. That was my funeral. But that's in that reality, you know? And yeah, it. but I was a different person when I woke up from the train station and I thanked that woman, this kind stranger who took me off the streets that night and put me in this cradle of her affection, you know, but for her son. And I soon forgot all the trouble that I had foreseen, you know, the idea that I was going to go back home. And, but it happened as well when I was going back home uh, a year later. When I decided to go to Zim, I got robbed at gunpoint. And I think I died as well that day. And I remember when I got to back to Zimbabwe and this kid, Tom's nephew, who was a kid, uh, you know, I got on very well with this kid. Like, he loved me so much. When I went back the first day and he saw me, this, he was, he was around six or seven. I had last seen him when he was like four, no, about five. And he said, you're not Rasi. I know Rasi, you're not. This, that's not, this, I was like, oh, kids are so smart. Like he totally, you know, recognized that I had come from a different version of myself. But when that starts to happen, when your world starts uniting again and you start recognizing places that you've been before, you know, it's, it's like deja vu, but it allows you to see yourself and the modesty in those psychotic moments is if you can see yourself having died then you're okay you can allow a new version of yourself to suffice you know you just surface and always in the moment to do things the right way because there's something happening with this version of myself is the one I remember the most I can I can have epiphanies of these places that I've been and things that I've done but what I remember the most is the good I want to be so when my court cases are piling up because a version of me had a different moral code or just a different information. It wasn't harmful. I can I, I can see him just failing to understand where he was. And but I have to deal with those things as this version of myself. It's it's a it's a very complex sort of idea. It's a very complex way of life. But there is a type of power in a good death because it carries a narrative that there was a change that was coming and the death was necessary. So 
I have no problem with people doing drugs in my presence. I don't wish for them, <laughs> you know, because that part of me died. I, I, I barely drink. Like I, I'll have a drink and, you know, relax. But, yeah, I can. Weed can literally be like everywhere. I have since just got into a place where I'm like, I'll smoke if I want to. But most times I just don't, you know, and not because I don't want to. It's just when I got up from that day, when I died in that room, I just had a different, I had different information. My brain was rewired. And it's a powerful thought to imagine all the things that could be you, all the versions that could be you, and all the necessities that you bring to your reality. You have the responsibility of feeling good for all other versions of yourself. Just in the moment, how can I be of service to the world around me? So that I make it a better place for the people I am in this conscious reality with. I have to fix the way I spoke to, to, you know, the girls. I have to, 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 to fix the way I spoke to my mother. I have to fix the fights I had with the twins. You know, these guys who used to want to fight me every day. And one day I just decided, okay, I'm, I'm, six years old i'm old enough to look after myself it's on and it happened for like two weeks it was a fight every day but i need to go back there and fix those fights and see the friendship that is probably the narrative but if you take out the information that's unnecessary you become convoluted so sometimes you need to go readdress those issues and actually find a laugh <laughs> and see yourself the times amounts of times that you have died but for some reason you are still present and you can hear everything and if you have anything good that's the time to express it it's always in the moment when you think about your life when you think of anything that's great and you think of death think of the good that you can bring whilst you carry on you know and accept that yeah i am nothing I can be, I cannot, I can be not, <laughs> I cannot be, <laughs> you know, but it's all part of the me, let me, let gentlemen, you know, it's me, I am the entirety of all my realities, what do I want now, I want good things, I want a good perception and to understand that, yeah, uh, die to old self living in the now you know and how can i be of good cheer and that is my message today and yeah thanks for listening if you've been listening 21 minutes 21 gun salute <laughs> you know yeah see you on the other side thanks for listening